0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Wow. Is there anything? Other things? Hallelujah. Whew. I think it's also awesome that he did out that whole video from his phone. All the fade in, all the fade ins, and all the the logos and stuff. Pretty, pretty t- tricky, huh? He's uh. He's... So was it worth all the? The bugging you about the finances was it worth the uh, the yard sales and the car washes? You know, I, if I heard that first part of the video was really hard, but it sounded like he said there was four salvations the first night in our in our group. If you were you were there, you would have seen a thousand um, at the place at least. I'm sure, and uh, that is exciting. That is exciting, and that's what it's about. We uh, another praise report fifty five. Fifty five boxes, shoe boxes from Big Bear Christian Center. Fifty five. Is that amazing? That's amazing. So that's what we what the uh, Stengels brought down and, and I'm just I I'm, I'm in awe over that number. That's so exciting. Fifty five children around the world will receive a gift of love, a personal gift of love from somebody. And uh and just from this this little church, and so praise the Lord for that. Um, I brought my own lozengers this morning, so you don't have to throw any at me. <laughs> <laughs> Another quick thing before we we start is out in the in the foyer when Mark Johnson, Mark and Jenny were here a few uh, actually it's been a few months ago now. Remember Mark and Gently? Some of you, they had a uh, CD out there, and some of you said, oh, I want it, I just don't have the money. Hold one for me. We did, and we still have them. And so if you want uh, one of their CDs, I think we have four left. They're $10.00. And um, we, you know, we'll just kind of have them available at the back and and uh, at the sound booth. On your way out, you can get them if you're interested. It's just ten dollars. Um, no pressure. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll find a home for them. If it happened to you and you said, "Oh, I forgot, and I don't have money. I feel bad." Don't feel bad. But if you want it, it's it's there and it's good, and it'll support help support uh, Mark and Gently and what they're doing. Amen. I'm trying to think. This is all. Gotta do our housekeeping. Let's pray again, God. We thank you for your sweet spirit being here this morning. God, touching our youth. God, thank you for answering prayer. Lord, even today is they will take and and gather together and. Do something to us seemingly, you know, just fun and go to the beach. Lord, we know that on the beach in the past has been even more impacting than than the ATF because it builds on what they've experienced and then they talk about it and make decisions and make plans for the future. As they're sitting out on the beach today, God, I pray that you would continue to keep that fire alive. Lord, help it to ignite in their lives that when they would come back, their lives would be changed is they would go to school or work or homeschool, that they would ignite the fire in other people and you would give give them a passion for you, Lord Jesus. God, this morning, we need to hear from you. We need to touch ourselves. Reignite our passion. Lord, I pray that you would bless our time in the Word this morning. God, be with us. Lord, watch over and protect those who are traveling in a way this morning. God, we give you all the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Imagine with me, if you will, a living room. We have a couch, a couple of chairs, a pillow or two on the ground, a hearth, and each of those things has somebody sitting in it or kneeling in front. Behind the group, there's a few more people who are standing as the group quietly sings a few worship choruses. This group gathers each week. Sometimes part of the group gathers more often together. After they're singing, a passage from the Bible is discussed. What does loving your neighbor as yourself means? The leader asks. Some great conversation follows. One person says to, so that you should care for them. You should bring them food if they need it. Another says, don't judge them too quickly. Find out about their circumstances. Pray for them. That's what that verse means. And another says, I think it means to make sure that they know Jesus. Isn't knowing Jesus the greatest thing that ever happened to us? If we really love our neighbor, we'll want them to know Jesus too, won't we? Heads nod in agreement. A few people have a somber look on their face. As the time together begins to come to a close, the leader asks, before we close in prayer, tell me about the names that we wrote on this board a few weeks ago. The people we're praying that will come to know Jesus. Each reports on the name that they wrote on the board. I've been praying about the right time to talk to them about Jesus. Someone else. I've been making meals for this family ever since Deborah, the mother, became ill. And David speaks up. Pray for me. I'm planning to tell Philip tomorrow about Jesus. Pray that his heart is open and that the enemy does not blind his eyes any longer. The leader speaks up and says, let's pray for each of these names And especially for David and Philip. Also, we're going to lay hands on Jana tonight. As you know, her husband John is still in prison. But they've moved up his execution to next month. But praise be to God. The man he witnessed to. He became a Christian. And is now sharing the gospel with his family too. Pray that he won't be arrested at least until after the family receives Christ. Also, let's pray. The scene is all too real, and at the beginning it sounded very familiar to us. It sounded like any one of our home group, life group's meetings until the end. It took a little turn there about the difficulties in our prayer, pray for me, compared to their prayers. That's not how our life groups go. But for over 200 million Christians around the world, that could be their story. Arrested, tortured, disowned, excommunicated or executed. In many countries today, it is illegal to preach the gospel, to proselytize, or to become a proselyte. That is to change your faith. It's illegal to change your faith. Today, Today, in Iran, a man, Pastor Youssef Nardakhani, he's a Christian. He's awaiting final decision. On whether or not he will be executed. His charge, apostasy. He's a Christian, and although he was never even a Muslim, because his family is Muslim, he cannot become a Christian. Over 200,000 people, including myself, have written the State Department, insisting that as the government of the United States, we put pressure on Iran to not execute him and to free, Pastor Yousef. Has anyone else gotten that and been involved in that? Because of the pressure, they have dropped the charges about his Christianity, and now they've charged him with rape. They've charged him with rape to bring off the political pressure. Because one way or another, they plan on killing this Christian pastor. Today is International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. It's also part eight of the series we've been coming into. And the value series. Today is to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant is our goal millions and millions of Christians around the world in order to share their faith, put their lives or their businesses or their families on the line. Someday they will stand before the Lord and the Lord will look at them and He will judge them. Whether or not He will say, well done, good and faithful servant is up to the judge himself. Someday we will stand before the judge ourselves and will we hear, well done, Good and faithful servant. That is the goal for us as as Christians this morning. We need to understand that we're also called to step out in faith and be faithful, not worrying about what the outcome may be. When I first read that, to hear him say, Well done, good and faithful servant is our goal. I said, Is that my goal? It almost sounded selfish to me. What a tremendous goal, though, to hear the King of kings, the Lord of lords, say to you, Ginger, well done, good and faithful servant. Wow. I mean, come on. Wow. You ever have somebody who is really good at something tell you, man, you did a good job and you go, thank Thank you. Imagine the King of Kings saying, You did good. Oh. Some of us have things that we might say, like, Well, I don't feel like I've done very well. Others maybe would say, Can I ever do well enough? Is that even scriptural to want that, to hear that? Is that a good goal? That was my question. Is that a good goal? If that's a good goal, how do I accomplish that in my life? I want to address a couple of these issues this morning. The first one I don't feel like I've done well. Simply, well, thank God it's not about how you feel. It's not about how you feel. It's about how you do. Being faithful, and God is the judge. But let's be honest. We know when we're really unfaithful. We don't need anyone to tell us. We know. It doesn't matter how you feel. See, a lot of us, our feelings, they lie to us so much. And we we just believe the lie about ourselves. It doesn't matter how you feel. This is really about your faithfulness. Can I ever do well enough? Well enough to earn your salvation? No. That one's done. You can't do well enough. And we don't know the standard on which God judges we just know that he's the judge. We know that he is the judge. We're going to get into the scriptures here in a minute. I don't have a Bible. Is it scriptural? Well, it better be. Matthew twenty-five. Twenty-four also, but twenty-five and um let's let's just read it. Matthew twenty five. For, let's start at fourteen. We could read the whole chapter before we read fourteen. And I don't know if I have all the scriptures up. That's okay. If I don't, if it's not there, I didn't want you to put it up. We're, we are going to have scriptures today too. In verse one, it says, "The kingdom of heaven shall be likened to." Okay. Verse 14 says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. Likewise, he who had received two gained two more. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with him. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me five, and look, I've gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you rule over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He who also received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord just said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. We're not going to get to the third person yet. Let's be encouraged first. Five talents. Two talents. You know, I, you know, if somebody brought to me $5, I'd say, great. And somebody brought to me $2, I'd say, oh, thanks. Somebody brought to me $5,000, I'd say, great. Somebody brought to me $2,000, i would be, oh, great. Right, you know, good. Isn't that kind of the way we work? Like, you know, a more is better. But, come on. But God, the Master, says the exact same thing. His judgment on your life is according to what He has given you. You don't have to produce what somebody else produces. You don't have to live the life that somebody else lives in order to get the same reward. You have to be faithful with the talent. I love this. This is is a great Greek to the English translation. You You have to be faithful with your talent. What talents has God given you? <laughs> and whatever it is, if you're faithful, in the, in the measure that He's given to you, He will say, well done! Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your rest. That's a wonderful thing. We will continue on, and just so we read this part. Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man already putting the blame back on the master, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, you can have it back. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. You ought to have deposited my money in the banks. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who is ten. For everyone who has more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from him who does not have even what he has will be taken away. Verse 30, They cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And it goes on and begins to talk about when the Son of Man comes in his glory with all his holy angels We're going to stand before the Lord one day. We're going to hear those things. Well done, or wicked servant. There's a a number of judgments and we're not going to get into all the details this morning. But I had a lot of fun this week looking into it and studying it again. But the Bible is clear that when somebody puts their faith into Christ on this earth, He or she will be judged for their salvation. Will not be judged for their salvation. Because that judgment has already happened. When we stand before God, if we've already put our faith in Christ, we don't get judged for our salvation. That's already a done deal. But we will stand before God in judgment. That's what Matthew 25 is talking about. And just quickly, so we can understand this the way, and there are different interpretations, and you are definitely welcome to be wrong. No, you're definitely welcome to have your your own understanding, because it it is an interpretation. But the way I read the Bible in the end times, and we're not going to place a a time on the rapture, but I believe that the rapture will come first. And after the rapture will become what's called the Bema Judgment, and the word bima comes from where they would stand and judge the races in the Greek. And, and they would make judgments on what, who won and then they would give out the prizes. And so you may have heard that word, the bima, bima judgment. And that's going to happen, I believe, after the rapture. After the rapture. And let me give you a couple of scriptures. And I believe we have these. As she was running away, that was great timing, huh? <laughs> I am sorry. 1 Corinthians three, thirteen through 15. The beam of judgment is when believers who are raptured, taken up, will be judged for what they did and didn't do in Jesus' name. They're not judged whether they're saved or not. If you're not saved, you're definitely not raptured. So this is different. This is the first, and I believe it happens now, and I'll give a scripture why. His work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. Second Corinthians five ten. Second Corinthians five ten. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. We all will appear before Christ. The reason I believe that this happens now is because the next thing that happens, according to Revelation, is the wedding supper of the Lamb. And and again, we're not going to go through the whole book of Revelation in one service today. But... Revel- the wedding supper of the Lamb happens and here you've got to get this part in here because if, if this is the way it's going to go when we're gonna be raptured and then we're going to be judged immediately for what we did and didn't do in Christ and then the wedding supper Revelation 19, 7 and 8 let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the Lamb has come his bride has made herself ready fine linen bright and clean was given to her to wear. It says fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. So if we're given the fine linen, the white garments to wear because of the righteous acts for the saints, doesn't that mean that God has now judged us because of our righteous acts and he has given us the white garments to wear? So we see the rapture. Then we see the wedding supper of the lamb. And I can't wait for that because I love food. (laughs) <laughs> no, but I mean, just to be there and to join in that day to sit with Christ and to be gathered with the saints, and then the second coming. And again, this, this, this is a wonderful study to get into and confuse yourself and, and question things and go, "What is this and which scripture is this?" And you know, but the second coming, because it, he hasn't come yet, when we get raptured, we meet him in the air. But when he comes again, he says he will come and place his feet on the mountains. He will come physically to earth. And so that will happen sometime after. Now, after the second coming will be that wonderful thousand years, which is also confusing, but it's in the the scriptures at least six times in Revelation, called the millennium, a thousand year period where Christ will be on the earth. We'll be ruling with him. Ruling with him. Now, I believe, it, we're not going to go there, but when he says, you know, put him in charge, put him in charge of ten cities, put him in charge, we're going to be ruling with Christ, and as you are faithful, God, I believe, will be putting you in charge of things on this earth during the thousand-year reign. And right there, you're probably going, let's, let's get into that. It's, it, it's fun. He's going to give me a book. Mike's going to give me a, uh, a book, a fun one. It's, one. it's one for me, what's it called. Revelation for the biblically challenged. I'm gonna read that one. And so we've got the second coming and the, then the millennium. Now there's other things that are going on. We're not getting into that. And then finally the white throne judgment. And that's it. Boys and girls. That's it. It's that's the end. That's lake of fire. Or with Jesus forever. New heaven, new earth. We're done. And that's the way it's that's just the, just the basic, and so, but, but our judgment isn't about salvation. That was already done. I want to read some other passages to, to clarify this. 1 John 1 9. And I didn't mark these, so it's going to take me, a, I'll, I will flip slower than she will flip her click. I'm in the wrong book. I'm in John. I knew that didn't look right. You could read it for me. Yeah, you could. Right there before me, huh? I should just turn around. Did I do it in New King James? Oh, it is. I don't like to turn around. You might throw something at me. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He did it. He cleansed it. It's a done deal. But let's go to John five twenty four. John five 24. We're going to be, you don't have to go there if you don't want, because we're going, to, we're going to try to go quick. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Now, we know we're going to be judged. We already read the scripture. We're going to be judged for the things we did. But here it says we're not going to be judged. We're not going to be judged for our salvation. We've passed from death to life. That's it. That is it, it's a done deal for us. Isn't that good? Yeah. That is good. First Corinthians four five. First Corinthians four five. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and and reveal the counsels of the hearts, then each one's praise will come from God. Again, we're laying a foundation that there is a judgment coming about the works that we do. Listen, we don't work to gain our salvation. The salvation is by faith. But the Bible is very clear that we're going to be judged for the things that we do, not in our salvation, but in the rewards and in the things to be. Whether or not we says, "Well done, good and faithful servant," there is a judgment coming. There is a judgment coming. 1 Corinthians, we already read it, but let's read it again. 13, 3.13 through 15. His work will be shown, let's, I'm gonna do this. Our work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will, will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each of our own work. If what we have built survives, we will receive our reward. Not a reward, our reward. God has a reward for each and every one of us. If it is burned up, we will suffer loss, but we ourselves will be saved. But only as one escaping through the flames. Listen, I don't want to get in there escaping through the flames and smelling like smoke. I, I really don't. That's not, the, that's not the testimony I want. 2 Corinthians 5.10 We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. And we're not going to get into this. But there is even levels of hell. Levels of the rewards in hell. Not levels of hell, but but the, the pain and suffering. If you read the Scriptures, if there is rewards done for bad... For, they're the same thing in in for those who go to hell I mean I'm sorry being just being in hell is hell wow. but there's levels and they'll be but, but, but being in the best level of hell is is not good so is it biblical yes this is biblical we're talking about God is going to say to the people well done or not well done for other people he's going to say well done yeah well done, fry them crispy. That's not the well done we want either. Lord. I mean, you know, get a chuckle out of that, but wow, goodness gracious. You know that that old saying, you know, eternity, smoking or non? It's biblical. This is gonna. This is, this is. We talked about last night. We need to have a focus, eyes on the prize, church. This is coming. And there's another part of it. Well done. You do you want the well done, good and faithful servant. to Just slip in and go, Maybe he won't notice me. He's gonna notice you. You don't get to slip in unnoticed. You're gonna stand and receive your your rewards. Is that a good goal? Why is that a good goal? And that was that thing. Is this really a good goal that I care about my rewards? It, it can sound selfish. And I want to, if that's you, because there might be a few of you weird enough like me to f- feel that way. Because you know, I really did. I'm like, is that a good goal? I felt selfish. I just, I just want to please Jesus. Let me tell you why it's a good goal. First reason, it is assures us that we're saved. So we're saved if we're going to hear, well done, good and faithful. Servant. He doesn't say to the unsaved, well done. He says, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. If you get the well done, then you're saved. But it's good to please God. I mean, it's just, it's good to please God. And your rewards come from pleasing God. 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 and 2. 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 and 2 says, Finally, brothers... We instructed you how to live in order to please God. As in fact you are living, now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. This is that that moment of, of works. We're supposed to live in order to please God. He wants us to please Him. As we live in order to please Him, we begin to get the rewards stored up. And the rewards, are, we're coming different things, but some of them are crowns, and, and we won't go there, but, but we'll receive the crown of righteousness or the crown of life. Hebrews eleven six, tying in Scripture, and we're not saying that you can be saved because of your works, because without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. But He wants us to please Him. Sometimes people just miss the whole point of receiving that well done, good and faithful servant and say things like, I'm just happy to be saved. Just so happy to be saved. I don't need to hear God say well done. Or I don't need any rewards for what I've done. I just want to go to heaven and be with Jesus. And that's good. That's great. That's humble. But God has put into place a principle here. There's a sowing principle, a righteous principle, and we've got to live by his principle. Jesus will reward you for the things done while in the body, and you can't escape that, whether you want the reward or not. Because don't worry, at the end, doesn't it say that we just cast our crowns down anyways? So it's not about us getting being bigger or better or first in the kingdom of heaven. But there is a principle about living for him and receiving the crown receiving the reward for living righteously and serving Him in obedience. It's based on your faithfulness and obedience to Him. Because this is true. If you don't hear, well done, if you don't receive any words, it's not because you were humble. It's because you weren't found faithful and obedient. If you don't hear the Master say, well done, it it won't be because you said, well, I just wanted to be humble. It will be because... You weren't faithful. You weren't obedient. Why is that a good goal? It means that we've reached out to others in Jesus' name and have been faithful to Him. The Gospel, the Bible, the Word, is about a lost man needing to be reconciled to God. It was never about building kingdoms on earth. It was about reconciling man to himself. Luke 19.10. Luke 19.10, Jesus said that the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. That was his point and purpose for life. And if you receive the well done, good and faithful servant, it means that in your life you have helped seek and save that which was lost. You've been Partaken in God's in Jesus' mission. Mark sixteen, fifteen, the Great Commission says, go into the world which one is this? And preach the gospel to every creature. That was Jesus' mission and that's our mission. We can't receive well done for just reading our Bible in our house. We have to be faithful, faithful to our neighbors, faithful to our family, faithful through prayer and yes, reading the Bible, but in reaching out and extending ourselves. Think of the sheep and the goat judgment. What were the goats? You never came and fed me, clothed me, visited me. We we want to hear well done. That means we have to get outside of ourselves and and love one another and love our neighbors and share the gospel. I want to go to Jude 20. It's that little tiny book right before Revelation. Kind of a closing little section here, and I love us. I I always throw in verse 20 because it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. How do you build your faith? Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some have compassion, making a distinction. But others, save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. That's a vivid picture of going into the, to the lion's den and pulling people out. Save them by fire. Get them out. God has called us to reach out and be beyond ourselves so that at the end we'll hear good and faithful. Servant, well done. Enter into the joy of your Lord. This life we live is is short. Did the memorial for Tom Baird yesterday? It's too short. Whether we get taken in the rapture or before, you living a life, you striving to live a life that is worthy of the calling that you have. Are you striving to live a life that's worthy of the sacrifice that Jesus made for you? What a heavy, heavy thing that he did. He sacrificed his life that we might have life and life to the abundant church. Let's not get lost and only try to have an abundant life here. Because all this is the wood the hay, the stubble that it talks about that we burned up. Will we have built a foundation built on gold, on solid things? Or will we have built a spiritual foundation on things that we burned up? The only thing you can take to heaven with you are souls. What's the foundation? What are we living for? And it's it's hard to fight. It's hard to keep that in the days that we live in. It's hard to keep the focus that... That the main thing is the main thing and the main things is Jesus in the kingdom of God. Are you living a life worthy of the calling that you've received? Being faithful so that one day we'll hear well done, good and faithful. We have to continue on. We don't know the day or the hour, so we need to live. Act. Mikey might come back tomorrow, but live that he won't come back in your lifetime or even in your children's lifetime because it's a long-term goal. Go to 2 Timothy 4. Verse 7 and 8. Can we say this about ourselves? Will we be able to say it at the end? I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And finally there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not only to me only, but also to all who have loved His appearing. We need to long and look for His appearing. Loving and looking to Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. We need to get our eyes on the prize and get it off on the junk of the world and begin to press in and do. be faithful to the things that He's called us to do and not give up. We need to be praying more. We need to be fasting more. We need to be reaching out to the lost and loving our neighbors and not just loving them and ooey-gooey, but sometimes we need to go over there and snatch them out of the fires of hell. Some of the Christianity that we we just get the ooey-gooey, lovey-dovey stuff, man, and people die and go to hell. Shame on us. Get our eyes focused. And one day we'll stand before Him and we won't have to be ashamed because... There will be a cloud of witnesses that we're partly responsible for being in heaven because we reached out. All over the world, all over the world, men and women are persecuted for their faith. Persecution's coming. I, I, I believe it. Persecution is coming to the church. Persecution is coming to America and we don't even have a clue. Most of us in this room don't have a clue of what it's like. It's already in the world and we're gonna, I've got a couple of videos I wanna watch and we're gonna spend some time, after we watch two videos, we're gonna spend some time, a few minutes, in prayer for the persecuted church. Do we have to wait until we're persecuted, until we really get it and realize? God, hopefully not. You know, I don't wanna be persecuted. I'm not, I am not signing up for this. I'd rather not, but I don't want to not have my faith. I don't want to not share my faith until and wait for persecution's sake. I'm going to watch two videos. I think that they're in order. The first one, prayer is second.
1: In those days, speaking about God was forbidden. But after freedom came, people began talking about God. For the first time in many years, they could speak about Jesus Christ. And now, just as before, the government has begun limiting this movement, this speaking about God. But this time the authorities say we cannot believe in Jesus. We must be Muslims. This is how they are preventing the people from following Jesus today. Today we believers have many troubles. If we are caught with Christian books, we are given fines and taken to jail. In fear, the believers have been bringing their Christian materials from their homes. They have been turning them in at a secret place. I was the one who collected these books. We have been keeping the books safe, hoping that one day we will be able to give these books back to the people of our country the authorities discovered where the books were hidden they took them away yesterday I made a phone call to my wife she said to me come home quickly the police were there looking for me they had gone to my parents house even looking for me my wife said she was afraid that she might lose me I don't know what will happen when I get home but I'm ready for whatever may come to me for the sake of Jesus Christ. Please pray for me. May God give me strength and help me through all the difficulties that may come. Pray that my family will be
2: saved.
1: I do not regret what I have done. Jesus said that if we are following Him, we will have troubles, and he promised he will not give us more weight than we can bear. I have asked myself if I am ready to carry this weight. I believe I am ready.
2: da asr bet wostu huna sema mi tsaliu sowoch masmat atchilum neger gin huli sowoch ndemitsaliu liny iga bay neber makenyatum andand gize sitayew ka amru belay mihon neger ta yalla hza bota malet kem mestawso and qan ihona za kamku ust ye neberr Sometimes, they're getting anxiety, even outside, like the Not know me, but a salam to someone. <Sanly> <Sanly> مالت كجب هو سكم واتدرس يا سربيت ونجر مالت كبرنا وعلى الجزير نبرم ساعت یه نک انبار دنوم. آون یه نو نگرچ بلبی بجو هیلاد نبرد مگرت. متفون کابی هون نگرکن I lived there for a lite chúng. There were many did by our hearts. I experienced that. I am quello that is a little more new and My proprio Bluetooth phone calls little ata someone لانه سوف نتكلم عن ذلك ونحن نتكلم
0: Take five minutes, four minutes, I'm sorry, four minutes, and we're going to do something. Maybe will be uh, a little uncomfortable for some of you, but we're going to pray. But we're going to pray a little differently. We're going to pray together at the same time out loud. And uh, some people call it a concert of prayer. You don't have to pray out loud, but I encourage you to. It It actually can just, just help what's going on. We're going to spend two minutes to pray for the persecuted church around the world. And we're just going to lift up our hearts and our voices together. You can do it silently if, if you really feel uncomfortable. I encourage you to pray. Pray not yelling, but just out loud. And there will just be a, a small a din of, of prayers going up. That, that video really touched me. They knew that the reason they were okay was the prayers of the people. You don't have to know their names. God does. But when God moves on your heart to pray for the persecuted church, for those all over the world, and after that, we're gonna just a little tiny bell will go off, and we're gonna spend two minutes praying for us and our nation that we would come back to the place that God wants us to be as Christians. Let's do that together. Oh Jesus. God. Hallelujah. It doesn't have to stop with two minutes. Let's continue to pray for each other. Pray for the church around the world. I want to encourage you that this is a great way to pray in your in your life groups and get together with people and just begin to pray. Have lists of things. We need to be a church who would hear from God and begin to call out. Nothing's going to change without Him. Nothing's going to change without Him moving on our hearts and moving. You know, we, we keep crying out for the government. Oh, we need a better government. We need a godly leader. You know, we don't need a godly leader. We've had, we've had godly leaders and it still doesn't work. We need godly men and women to stand up and just stop saying yes to unrighteousness. The church needs to move. The God needs to move. And we are the church. We are the church. No more of this isolation and just doing our own thing. We need to understand. We need to band together as the body of Christ crossing all the boundary and say, we're going to stand for righteous. We're going to reach out to the lost. One day, we'll stand before Him. And I'm confident that He's going to look out and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. God, we give You glory. Father, and we say, strengthen us. Help us. And come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. Be blessed today.